Good morning. It is February 12th, 2019. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. I am not Pat McAfee. I'm Ty Schmidt. Pat is on vacation in Hawaii right now. The rest of the Heartland guys are out of the office as well on vacation, so I'm here holding it down for this week's episodes. So what we're going to do is uh, I've went back through and picked a couple of my favorite moments from the past year or so, and we will get to those in just a minute. But first, I'd like to thank SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor of the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying app on earth because they scan for the best prices everywhere. You're not getting catfished. What you see is what you get. SeatGeek is so incredible because it's not just giving you tickets. It's giving you stories and memories that you'll be able to hold on to for the rest of your life. Maybe you've been thinking about going to a Broadway show. SeatGeek's got you covered. Maybe you've been thinking about going to a hockey game. SeatGeek's got you covered. Basketball, comedy, you name it. SeatGeek is the best way to get your tickets. The best part is right now, if our listeners use promo code PAT, they're going to get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code PAT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You can be alive, but are you living? Go live with SeatGeek. Also, thank you to our friends at Lisa. Everybody has the right to rest, you know? The key to getting your best rest is the right mattress. Meet Lisa. With two awesome mattresses, accessories, and bases for better, deeper rest. The all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved, featuring cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers. Or rest on our Sapira hybrid mattress, the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. From day one, Lisa set out to create a company with heart. That's why they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. The best part is they got a big President's Day sale coming up. Get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash McAfee and use promo code McAfee. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash McAfee, promo code McAfee. And this is no bullshit either. I have a Lisa mattress. Uh, Buying that thing was probably one of the three best investments I've ever made in my life. I love it. You know, thinking about buying another one, actually. I got a queen last time, thinking it's time to upgrade for the king. So shout out Lisa. 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash McAfee, promo code McAfee. All right, like I mentioned earlier, Everyone's on vacation right now. I'm going to be leaving before too long here. Uh, But in the meantime, let's get to a couple of my favorite moments. This is really hard to pick. Um, I tried to grab a couple segments, but that's that's just very, very, very difficult. Uh, There's so much funny stuff that's happened. A lot of stuff slips through the cracks. So uh, for this episode, I'm going to start by throwing it back to one of our older interviews that we did. Um, and I think, honestly, I mean, for me especially, it was it was really cool to kind of witness it, but I think more so for, for the guys in the room, uh, it was a very special moment being able to talk to this guy and kind of seeing how their paths to where they're at right now uh, kind of lined up and are very similar. It's just a great conversation. There's really no other way to put it. So uh, without further ado, here's Dan Patrick. Hey, hello. Hey, it's Dan Patrick. 
Oh my God, you're the best. Listen to that voice right there. It is as soon as you said your name right there, everybody in here just you caught everybody's attention with that beautiful voice. <laughs> I'm gonna give you an intro and we'll get right into it, all right? Okay. Thank you so much, Dan. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us via phone is a man that needs no introduction. When his voice hits the airwaves, babies stop crying in hospitals all across the country. His voice is so damn smooth, you've heard him and seen him. He was on SportsCenter for a while. Made that show the number one show on TV for a long time. He was host of Football Night in America for a while. His daily show on radio gets rave reviews in a awards that is simulcast on television ladies and gentlemen the host of the dan patrick show with he and the danettes dan patrick i thought i didn't need any introduction <laughs> well I, you know there might be somebody who lives under a rock that might not have okay. heard of the great dan patrick dan how is life you're still crushing this whole media game here 30 years into the game how is life how is dan patrick everything's good everything's good i think people were uh thought I was uh, on suicide watch after I decided I wasn't going to do football night in America. And so I had people checking in on me on Sundays to say, are, are you okay? And I go, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I, I'm surviving. Uh, Being on football night in America, I'm actually watching games and fantasy league and having beer. So... Dan, you broke up right there, Dorn. Right after you said Fantasy League and beers, it's almost like Football Night in America is attacking your phone right now. <laughs> uh, everything's good, though. Everything's good. The daily grind uh, that we have in this business, but I like to stay busy. I remember uh, it was uh, Brent Musburger and Bob Costas both wondered how I did it every day, and I said, I don't know how you don't do it every day um, because that's – that's what we do. As a sports fan, as somebody who does this for a living, I, I love the daily daily grind of following stories and interviewing. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I love the process. You're one of the best interviewers in the sports world. I mean, anytime you get a guest in there, you have this ability of bringing out incredible things and forming these relationships. You and Adam Sandler have become best friends, basically, from his experiences on the show. Who are some of the people you talk to that you've enjoyed hearing their story or people you feel like you got a chance that they opened up with you that you did not expect? I think anybody who's honest, that's, that's what you want because I always view it as I'm a conduit to the listener or the viewer. And if I'm doing my job, I can have my question, get to an answer and then give that to the viewer or listener because that's who you're serving. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. probably surprised me as much as anybody when he started talking about his childhood and things that he had never talked about before publicly. And what stood out is, you know, I, I just talked to him about growing up, and he, he said, I remember watching my house burn down, and I realized at the time all my toys were inside, and then I had to go live with my dad. And it, so it kind of struck me with the honesty of it, but if you've ever been around Dale Earnhardt Jr., that that's who he is. But just that... I think he said he was five years old or four years old. His house burns down. He lost his toys, and then he had to go move with his dad. And I, I just it kind of stuck with me of 
how refreshing, refreshingly honest it was with something that was so painful to him and delivering it in that manner. So it, uh, all I want is somebody who, if you ask a question, you think you're getting an honest answer out of them. And it doesn't always happen, but when you do, then uh, sometimes you have radio gold. So with that being said, OBJ, I guess, was very honest with his answers about the Giants, but he looks like a bit of an asshole when it comes out. So what is your thoughts on the whole? Because everybody in media, and I'm not saying you, I said everybody there, that's a broad brush. Most people in media, though, want honest answers until they think that it's not the right thing to say. What do you think about the whole OBJ situation with Lil Wayne and the New York Giants? Well, I want honest answers, but that doesn't mean I have to like honest answers. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a, there's a difference in that. Because if, if you give me honest answers, you're making my job easier. But that doesn't mean I approve of them. You know, Jimmy Butler's keeping it real in Minnesota. Really? It, it, it didn't sound like he was keeping it real. How about you keep it real quiet and you keep it inside? You keep it yep. in the locker room. You know, he, he made it public for a reason. I believe Odell Beckham Jr. made it public for a reason. And the fact that these two both feel like they, uh, you know, that this was, this was the way to do it. Because you were being honest, quote-unquote, being honest. You know, Jalen Ramsey assesses every quarterback in the NFL, and we go, oh, okay, he's being honest. Okay. Was he being honest about his own quarterback? And the answer was no. How <laughs> honest was he being with these other quarterbacks, or why was he so honest about them? We sort of pick and choose when we go, oh, boy, I love that, or, you know, that's wrong. I love the fact that these guys say stupid things sometimes, but if I'm Minnesota, I don't want Jimmy Butler back. Uh, Odell Beckham, you just got your contract, and now you're not sure if you want to be in New York, or now you're not sure about Eli Manning. You know, <laughs> toughen up a little bit there. And, you know, with Jalen Ramsey, you want to crush other quarterbacks and say guys are overrated, but be honest about Blake Bortles, and then I'll buy into whatever else you say. So I love it. I uh, appreciate it, but I don't always approve of it. Do you have, when you're interviewing people, do you have set questions ready, or do you let the conversation go however it goes? I like to have a starting point, but then I don't want you to, I, I never want to feel like you know what the next question is, and, and it does mean that I want to get you. It's I just want, I want you a little uncomfortable and so you don't get into a pattern of, well, I know what this is going to be, and then I'm going to answer this question. And even when somebody comes on the show, I don't like to, how are you? How are you? Good, good, good. How are you? You. I just, when you come on, it's like, uh, I, I just want to dive in. I, w I want to get right into it, and I want you to sort of forget that you're holding a phone, and then I'm going to get you relaxed there. That's the key. I want you to forget that anybody's listening. I want to take away a little bit of that. And that's why it's really hard when you interview somebody on TV because you got a camera, you got lights, you got, you know, makeup, you got a tie, you know, all those things. But with radio, that's why I love radio. I'd never want to give up radio. I talk uh, because I, I love that intimacy of my voice, your voice, and then let's paint a picture here for the audience. That's that's the great challenge. That's the fun part. Let's paint a picture here then. Every Super Bowl, you have the best setup in the city. Whenever it was Indianapolis, the Dan Patrick stage at the Victory Field, Indianapolis Indians place, was absolutely incredible. Are you a part of all the planning of everything that happens with the Dan Patrick show, or are you there to perform and you got other people handling business decisions? Well, it's got my name on it, and I, I, I have to have 
I want to have input. We're we're planning our Super Bowl open in a month. We're we're going to shoot it for Atlanta. And so that's how far out we've been talking about it. We've already been discussing our set in Atlanta. We've been discussing the set in Minneapolis for the final four in uh, in late March, early April. That's fun to be able to be involved in the process. I'm honored to be involved in the process. But, um, you know, it ultimately comes down to my comfort level of what it looks like, how I can use that. Because in Indianapolis, as you know, we had a, a mini you know, racetrack there. Yeah, uh, you awesome. have a basketball hoop, <laughs> uh, golf simulator. You know, we had a keg. Like, there's just things that I like on set when we do it to let people know we're different than any other show, and and that's what we pride ourselves in doing. But yeah, I I want to be involved in it. I was involved in every step of the way with the build out of the studio, um, camera angles, the memorabilia that's put up in in the in the uh, show on the walls, all of that stuff. So at times I should let others do it, but it's just got, it's got my name on it, and I want it to be great. I can tell when the Danettes have messed with something on my desk. <laughs> if they move something, and then they'll do it just to fuck with me, and I'll go, who moved that? <laughs> but I do it because I just want them to know. I have attention to detail. I want them to have attention to detail as well. But I, I take a snapshot uh, every, every day when I leave. I know exactly where things are, but it's my stuff. You know, all this stuff that we have in the studio yeah, my wife wanted me to get it out of the house. So I, I, it's all mine, so I know what it is, know where it is, and how it's positioned. And, you know, that's another fun part of it. Because we don't, I don't collect normal memorabilia. Agreed. And that's just not how we think. You know, hey, let me get an autographed jersey. Uh, or let me get that. We wanted the socks of the kid who scored the most points in a, a basketball game. He played at Grinnell. I think he had 138 points. <laughs> I said, send me your socks. So he autographed his socks. And, you, know, not, you know, that's just that's different for us. But that's the fun part of all of this. So you're OCD. You're analytical. Yes. When yes. you left the machine, the mothership, and start doing yeah. your own thing. Were you nervous? You know what? I, I think the biggest thing, Pat, and you know this because yep. you, you, you make a decision. Everybody wants to know how you can make that decision, why you made that decision. But ultimately, I, I, had, I listened to my wife, and I, she just said something so simple. As I was going to sign a new five-year deal at ESPN, and... I had been there 18 years, so it was just like, why would I leave ESPN? And then I started to think, am I really enjoying it? Am I afraid to leave ESPN because people say, why would you leave ESPN or did you get fired? And that morning, when I'm going up to sign that contract, my wife said, you know, the kids are all going to be grown up and out of the house when you're done with the contract. And I, I just brushed it off. I just said, well, you know, I'll see them, you know, and my schedule and, you know, all these things. And I got up there and I sat down with my boss and he said, all right, what are you going to do? Take it or leave it? I said, and my wife's words came right into my head and I said, I'm going to leave it. And he said, okay, I'll get Danielle to write up the contract. Wait, what? And I said, <laughs> So then, I, I, like I said it, so I was like, now you've got to sound like you really mean it. I go, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. And I called my wife. I, I walked outside, and I said, I said, hon, I'm, I'm, I'm coming home. She goes, okay. I said, no, I'm coming home for good. And she goes, 
okay. I said, hon, I'm, I'm going to leave ESPN. She goes, okay, we'll sell the house if we have to. Started crying. That's because, awesome. Like, she understood it better than anybody. Like, I don't care what your job is or what money you make. You need to be here every day. Because I was working crazy hours, and I have four kids, and I just remember driving home, and I got home, I pulled in the driveway, and my youngest, Molly, was nine at the time, and she came out, and I thought, oh, it's so sweet. She's coming out. She's going to say, Dad, we're glad you're home. And then she says, uh, Dad, should I always be honest with you? And I'm thinking, go ahead, honey. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. <laughs> like, should I always be, like, even if it hurts somebody's feelings? I said, well, you should always be honest with somebody. And she goes, you got a booger in your nose, Dad. <laughs> and I, I said, Oh, okay. And then she went inside. And so I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? So I walk inside. It's silent. All four kids at the dinner table. And then uh, my son goes, are we supposed to be celebrating? And I said, hell yes. And they started banging on the table as loud and started screaming. And it was wonderful. Until like a month later when I'm at home by myself with no job and nobody's there and I'm going, what the hell did I do? <laughs> make the biggest mistake of my life. But you know what? I did it. I, I, I listened to the right person at the right time for the right reasons. And that's the best thing I ever did. So even if I didn't succeed after ESPN, I did succeed because I, w- I was listening to the most important person in my life tell me about life and I was so blind to it because I was a TV star and I I was so so oblivious holy hell what a beautiful story right there so you're sitting home yeah. for a month stay at home dad unemployed bum with four kids <laughs> and then the idea is okay I'm gonna create my own team I'm gonna create the Dan well, Patrick show to people about you know what what would happen if I leave? Or, you know, I, I talked to some people in Chicago and a, and a radio guy, Jimmy DeCastro, and, you know, he had reached out before and he said, look, if you ever leave, you let me know. And I didn't really know him. And then I thought, well, okay, I'm curious about that. And then I wondered, could I do something that was modeled after Howard Stern where I could have my guys handpicked be there with me and they're sort of the studio audience, but they're co-workers, and we could have conversations. Because, as you know, there are times when you just go, I'm just tired of hearing my voice. Yes. I just, I, you know, I don't have a hot take. I don't have any of that nonsense. But I love having a conversation. And I said, I'll do it if I can do it this way. So we started in my house in the, in the attic. We, we converted two bedrooms, made a radio studio, and the Danettes came every morning. My wife would be there cooking breakfast for my kids. They'd get them off to school. She'd be in a bathrobe. I'd wake up, brush my teeth, go upstairs, and we were just doing the radio show. And, it, and it's the best thing I ever did because it brought us so close together that they knew we were in for a fight. Because I left a place that, you know, I was on 300 radio stations, and I was doing Sports Center, and I, I mean, I, I had everything that you needed and then all of a sudden I was an underdog and we started out with 12 radio stations, but they understood that we're in it together and whatever rewards we have, I'll share. Um, and, and so I'm forever indebted to the, the Danettes because they took a chance. You know, two of, two of them were at ESPN at the time. 
and you know McLovin worked at Sports Illustrated, and Paulie was working with Tony Stewart on his radio show, and so they had jobs and families, and in some cases kids. But I, I said, look, I, I will not fail. Um, and then when we we weren't sure about payroll, it got you know we were nervous because insurance. I was nervous because we didn't think we were going to make payroll. And I remember I didn't cash my check. I made sure the Danettes cashed their checks. And that's when I said to my wife, I said, I think we're in trouble here. And um, I'm sitting outside the bar that I would go to, and I called up Directv. I didn't even know who to. I just said, uh, you know, I. Can you direct me to somebody in sports? And they direct me to Chris Long. I said, do you know who I am? He says, yes. I said, would you be interested in buying my radio show and making a simulcast? And he said, yeah. What kind of numbers? And I said, oh, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sir, I just had a few beers. (laughs) So I I got him numbers, and then he came back and he said, all right, I'll, uh, I'll buy it. And... He lived up to everything that he said he was going to do. And, you know, we built the studio above the bar that I go to, Paulie and I go to, and he, he's he been great. He was great. He le- since left the company about a year ago, but he, everything we ever asked for, he did. And, and because of that, you know, we're, we're still doing what we're doing. But, you know, there were slim times when I'm in the attic, um, but, I, man, I, it was like a clubhouse. And it was awesome. And I think the Danettes and I really became very close, became really, really good friends instead of just coworkers. Dan, I'll tell you this. I haven't said this publicly much, but you're the blueprint for what I have done, really. <laughs> my friends and I were doing my show from my basement for a while. Now we have a studio. Now we do this. And you and the Danettes were really the picture of what we were trying to be. And with that being said, if I ever reach half of what Dan Patrick has done, I will be very proud of my post-NFL career. I'm so thankful you joined us, Dan. Thank you so much, man. Well, And you should know those people that are there with you, that their value cannot be overstated and should not be overstated. And so any success that I receive, I, I try to share it with the Danettes. Uh, even if you mentioned Adam Sandler, you know, I told Sandler, I said, I jokingly said, I can't be, I can't do this movie with you in Toronto unless the Danettes go. And he goes, Danny, Danny, we'll fucking put him in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said oh, Okay, so then I go back and, and I say to the my boss, I said, "Well, you know, I Santa will put the Danettes in the movie," and uh, and they go, "Oh, okay." And then the, so they've been in uh, three movies now because I always Sandler goes, "Danny, you gonna use that line again? You can't do it." And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And he goes, "All right, all right." So he's put them in little roles there, but that's the fun part of it. Uh, he. He's been very generous, and the Danettes appreciate that as well. And once again, if I can do something and they can be along with me, that just makes for better stories on the air. So uh, I I wish you well, Pat. Uh, We always appreciated your honesty. You were fun. You got it. And uh, not everybody gets it. And uh, I I wish you luck in in, uh, moving this forward. Thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate you. I miss you on Sunday nights. I'm going to be honest. You're, yeah, I miss you on Sunday nights. I don't get to catch the simulcast every single day, with the, but I missed you on Sunday nights this season. I think a lot of people did. Tariko does a fine job, but a lot of people love them. Some Dan Patrick. I'm one of them, and we're so thankful you joined us. Ladies and gentlemen, legend in the game, Dan Patrick. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dan. Good luck with everything, man. Thank you, guys. All right.
That was really good. Yeah. Holy shit. That was, that was real. That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> what a story. I was like, oh, that's us. Okay, so I got to call DirecTV and say, hey, yeah. can I talk to the sports? <laughs> Chris <laughs> Long there? I was like, fuck. I was like, fuck Long left a year ago? God damn it. <laughs> Big thanks to Dan Patrick, man. That was really cool. Wow. That was really cool yep. of him. That was awesome stories, man. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that he started such humble beginnings from there. I just assumed he moves right into something big. I thought so too. I thought he won ESPN and then yeah. he Straight left and did studio. his own Major thing. Deal. Yeah. I thought so too. Turns out not. Wow. By the way, when he was talking about how he interviews people, he wants to get right into it and get them feeling relaxed. They don't feel like they're on the phone, they're in a conversation. I feel like I did that to his motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome stuff. In this industry, I think Dan Patrick is a guy that everyone kind of looks up to, especially, you know, considering his trajectory kind of lines up with the way, you know, Pat and Diggs and Nick and Todd just kind of started, you know, doing this in Pat's basement. And then one thing led to another. And and here we are on our own. Um, So that was really cool for me. You know, I mean, it, it got pretty emotional in the room, actually, when when Dan was talking about, you know, leaving ESPN and, and being worried about things and, and making sure that the, the Danettes were, were going to have a spot with him and, and that everything was going to be okay. Um, that really lines up with, you know, us leaving Barstool and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we always had our faith in, in Pat. We always knew that kind of no matter what happened, as, as long as he was going to be right in the ship, we were going to be okay. So that is one conversation that, that I know I will for sure never forget. Uh, it was just you know, a really cool moment for all of us that were in the room for it. Before we get into this next interview, I want to talk to you guys about something that's pretty important. Let's face it, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it. That's bad because the thing most people don't realize is that ED is like a check engine light for a man's body. Could be an indicator that there's something more serious going on, like a heart issue or diabetes. But thankfully, our sponsor, Roman, has created an easy, discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose your ED, then ship meds right from their pharmacy to your door. With Roman, you don't have to wait in waiting rooms, deal with any awkward face-to-face conversations, or make any uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You just have to visit GetRoman.com backslash USA. Complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and get real FDA-approved medication if recommended by said doctor. It's all prescribed online and delivered straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Don't got to worry about any rubbernecks looking around and seeing what's, what's being delivered to your doorstep, Okay. So guys, go talk to your doctor, all right? Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but it's really important. And now, with Roman, it's really easy to take care of. So for a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Good people over there, Roman. Great product, too. Great product. This next interview I picked uh, was a pretty easy one for me. It was AJ Hawk and Pat's conversation right before they were slated to get in the booth together, uh, calling Baylor and Texas Tech. I just recently met AJ in Atlanta in person for the first time, and he's just the best. Funny, smart, very down-to-earth, and him and Pat just have an incredible chemistry. I worked on Laces Out when they were on that together. Obviously, AJ's been a guest on our show several times, and just the the interplay they have with each other is it's incredible. Um, AJ's you know very dry, 
very funny. Pat's obviously super energetic. Um, they just they just mix very well together. And this interview is is probably one of my favorite interviews that we've done with AJ. On the phone now is a guy who's a color commentator for Fox Sports this upcoming weekend as the Texas Tech football team takes on the Baylor football team in Jerry World, Dallas. He'll be on the call with a guy named Sean Kelly from New Orleans' play-by-play and standing right next to him as a chime-in guy, three-man booth guy, a man who's never been to a broadcast boot camp, myself, Pat McAfee, with legend on the phone, A.J. Hawk. What's up, A.J.? What's up, Pat? Yeah, uh, just so you know, the Texas Tech Red Raiders against the Baylor Bears. Uh, you knew that in my intro that I didn't know their name there. It felt like you knew that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yep. I, I tried to draw drag out the uh, Texas Tech so that my brain would think of the name. Could not come up with it. Could not come up with it. Tech football squad. <laughs> I talked to you a little bit this morning about this. I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. Have you ever been in a three-man booth before, and how do you think it goes for us? Yeah, I've been in uh, – last year I did a decent amount of three-man booths with uh, Danny Cannell who a lot of people know, and it's, especially in the college game, man, it can be tough just because they run so many plays. Like, if an offense is running 85, 90 plays, there's not a whole lot of time to try to chime in, so the three-man booth, you got to be on the same page with each other. That's a good thing, though, with you, man. Like, me and you, we'll find a way to make it work. We might have not have a ton of time to try to jam our points into the broadcast, but I think it'll be fun. I think we'll finish each other's... Please finish that. Sentences. You were supposed to finish my sentence right there. I thought we were finishing each other's sentences. Oh, no. I see. I thought you were just about to return it right there. I thought, see, we don't have a lot of time to get the chemistry back after we did an entire podcast last year together every single Sunday. You don't really talk to me much anymore. I FaceTimed you one time. Now you're so busy. I tried to FaceTime you twice yesterday when the announcement was made, both times unavailable. Unbelievable, too, by the way. So I'm trying to get our chemistry back here, but you just can't finish my. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not playing your game right now. <laughs> so, yesterday, yesterday you texted me and said, "Hey, can you call into the sh- to my show?" And I said, "This was 2:40 Eastern." I said, "Yeah, if it's in the next 10 minutes, because I'm on Sirius XM from 3 until 8 p.m. on Tuesday straight. The longest break is a two and a half minute commercial break." And so you FaceTimed me like three times at 3.30, at 4.30. And I got to send you a text as I'm on the air. I'm like, bro, like, do you not get it? Like, <laughs> what's happening? I was trying to hijack the show, to be honest. I was trying to interrupt. Not that I would do that on Saturday. I have a lot of respect for that booth. I have to get a new suit for the booth. I'm real excited about that. What, are you wearing a suit, full suit? Uh, yeah, maybe a full suit or I, I've told you about my stretchy pants that I like to wear. Sometimes during the broadcast, I like to take a knee. For some reason, it just makes me feel good. And I can't take a knee in my suit pants. They're stretchy, but not stretchy enough. So AJ, if you I may have some AJ, stretchy tight pants. I'll, I'll definitely take a knee if you're sitting next to me. If you take a knee, I might lose my mind in that booth. I want to <laughs> let you know. I don't know what will be happening on the field, but they better turn my microphone off because I will be losing my – how long are these games? Three hours? Four hours? Uh, uh, they could be, yeah, they'll definitely most likely be three hours. They can run over three, but probably not. I mean, you know, they're running a million plays. The problem about the college game that you'll see is the, the clock stops after a first down just for a little bit, but it can take a long time to, 
to run a quarter, uh, if they're not really running the ball and they're getting a lot of first downs, man, it'll, it'll stretch it out. So this is three hours of an open mic for me. Absolutely, man. And, and that's a good thing. The play-by-play guy, Sean Kelly, he'll jump in, he'll explain the play, and then the floor is ours. We oh. get to really explore the space and, and see what we can do. I can't wait to hear your incredible football insight in there and then me with incredible f- – I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. Think about this, Pat. We could possibly be like the college version of Tessator, Witten, and Booger. Imagine that. Oh, my God. Imagine if we could get to that level of greatness. (laughs) What do you think? You think we could do it? (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to pull a rabbit out of my head, but I think think we can make it happen. (laughs) I think you can. I mean, you're going to be up in the booth. See, that's what's good, too. I don't think you would have agreed to do it if they would have tried to put you down on the field and been like the third guy. As like, they they want Booger to be an analyst, but he's on the field. He's in that Booger mobile, and that's the problem. But like, it, if, hey, not, if, if we they can't see each other, like you're going to step all over each other. How do you know when to speak? Well, that's what actually I got a chance to talk to um, a couple of those guys this weekend, and that was something they did. I asked the same question, and it is difficult because I guess Booger can see Witten, right? Because on the TVs that he has, but it can't. They can't see him. It's an interesting. It's very interesting. Hopefully, they'll be able to figure it out for it to go into the future and do something well. But a McAfee mobile, I would have been all about. I just want to let you know if they would have offered that, I'm all the way the fuck in. If I'm on a McAfee mobile, like a little Mario Kart outing down there on the sideline. I mean, it, that would make sense, especially like why wouldn't they spend like a hundred grand to build a McAfee mobile for a game that's being played at the exact same time as Ohio State, Michigan, the greatest rivalry in all of sports? That seems like a little bit of a uh, a skewed image of what the greatest rivalry in sports is, possibly because you are in Ohio oh, what State. What is it? What is it? Colts Titans? Is that the better one? Oh wow. Why, why do you have to take shots at me like that? I was just thinking there, you know, potentially other ones that are great. Oklahoma, Texas is a big one. You know, that's a little, let's get outside of our region. Maybe stop thinking about it. WVU Pitt will come back in. Maybe Penn State Pitt. Maybe Penn State, Ohio State. But Ohio State sees Michigan as more of one. Maybe it's Duke, North Carolina. Maybe it's the Washington Wild Things, the Frontier League versus the uh, Traverse City Beach Bums, which I actually got to play in in the Frontier League game. You don't know what a big rivalry is you have no idea yeah i mean i guess you're right i need to expand my horizon is west virginia pit is that really a rivalry game for you is there like a, do you yeah. guys get a trophy it was called the backyard brawl we don't do trophies though because we're real we're not fake over there but uh it, it got uh, you it, just have a, a mountain man carrying a musket that's okay it's a mountaineer <laughs> you call these games often do you know, <laughs> do you know any- <laughs> no i don't Pat, I've not done a West Virginia game. That's a little bit above my pay grade. See, it wasn't always like that. When I got there, whenever I was a freshman, nobody knew us. We had never won a bowl game, nothing like that. A.J. Hawks of the world probably would have called our game. And then, by the way, you would have done so well on ours. Our West Virginia team probably would have took you right up to the top. You would have been Joe Clot. Oh, hey, look at that. You know what, though? I Dana Holgerson, I respect that dude. He's one of my favorite head coaches in all of college football. I hope you've had a chance to speak with him. Uh, he and I had beers uh, one particular evening when I first met him. I haven't talked to him since then. He's got that visor scarlet thing going right now, and I love the way he's coaching that team. <laughs> he owns it, man. That's the thing. Like he, You would think like if you had that scarlet, you'd be like, all right, well, 
obviously visors are they're off the table those are not an option <laughs> but dana's like no i like visors i don't care and i mean that's the best man when a guy owns it and is not scared to do it fool. well old gundy you can tell he's a confident you got old gundy out there at oklahoma state he's been marketing his he has a very full mullet I, that thing is real kentucky waterfall huge business up top party in the back that thing's awesome but dana owning the skullet i think it's a good recruiting tool I think it's a it's a marketable thing. Yeah, you got to do whatever you can, I guess, to relate to these youngsters. There's a dude. Uh, I did a Utah State game. Who Utah State's actually a really good football team. Their offensive coordinator, Pat. If you guys look him up sometime, and obviously you don't. I'm sure you won't. But he's got real. He's got long blonde hair. He like kind of like surferish hair. He's wearing shades all the time. And I think he even said like. I don't really like having long hair, but for some reason, when I go in to recruit these high school kids, it's like it gives me like an in. They see me, and then they see another coach come in that's kind of buttoned up and looks old. Even though I'm still older, they, they think I'm like a young dude, and they can relate to me, and it helps me recruit kids. And I was like, man, that's a genius move. I guess that's what Holgerson's doing. And Gundy, this is definitely what they're doing. There's no way Gundy thinks that thing looks good. There's no way he thinks it looks good. There's no way Dana like looks at it and is like, this is what I've always wanted. Granted, personally... I think the mullet is all the way back. I've been trying to grow it. My lady won't let me. She took fucking scissors to it the one time when I started growing it. It was a wild move. If I could do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I think it's a good marketing thing. Let's talk about marketing a little bit. What do we need to do to get thrusted right into Thursday night football this weekend? Is there any way we potentially just get moved right up the ranks next week? Oh, so if we go from calling the Saturday college game to Thursday night primetime NFL mm-hmm. game to take Joe and Troy's job? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, if anybody can do it, we can do it, Pat. What I, do, I really think so. What do we have to with do your, to get there? With, think about it, with your groundswell of support of all of your loyal fans that, that love everything about you and that say cuz and cuzzy all the time and sound like douchebags with their parents and friends, <laughs> I think we have a good chance. I don't know. What do you think? What are you going to... I think a lot of things after what you just said. How it goes. I you, think you need a board. You know, what, you know what a board is, Pat, for the game? You ever heard that? Board. Speaking, I'm bored with this conversation because all you're doing is just taking a bunch of bullshit shots at my people. Listen here, cuz he... No, your people. For, hold on. I wasn't taking any shots at your people. I was saying because... Their parents don't understand maybe the world that they're living in in this Pat McAfee oh. radio, whatever you call yourself, world. They're not. They can't relate to their young. These, these wow. Young kids speaking different languages. What a spin zone that was. You just called me and my people's a douchebag. There, you did it. I heard it right there. Okay, if that's how you want to take it, Pat. You, you're the you. I can't offend you. You have to be. You let yourself be offended. Wow, that's unbelievable. Well, I am kind of offended. I don't know what a board is, though. I have no idea what a board is. That's like a microphone board where I can like mute the the play by play guy. Chop chop in. Is that what you're talking about? Well, there you do have like a cough button and a talk back that you can talk to your producer. But no, the board's like the the too deep that it's you hold it so you can kind of see it has everybody's number has a little you can write a bunch of stuff on it. What no, I've seen those. I don't do notes. Normally, my thing is no notes. You ever see me on TV? Everybody, no, no, no. everybody else has paper in front oh, of them. Yeah. No notes for me. No, you don't need notes. I'm not saying you need notes, but I could print you out an extra board and bring it if you want. I got to get to Kinko's again, but it's it just has the numbers and guys. So if a guy catches the ball, or you're trying to watch a replay and you don't know who the guy is. Obviously, you just look down at your board. And you see, okay, number 56. That's the right guard. And you can say his name. That's oh. how you identify people. It's like a coach's uh, play sheet, a call sheet. Yeah, it's basically like a call sheet, and it just has it has all the positions on front, offensive, defense, and so, the two deep, so you know. Who you're talking about? If you want to 
say something about a certain player, you get his name right, and you know you you're not just out there guessing. Yeah, I probably need one of those. Is Kinko's still open? You think you can make a run over to Kinko's and still make that happen? Or <laughs> I should be able to get you get one before I, I leave town here Friday morning. I'll, I, I could bring you one, yeah. You know the Centaur uh, painting is still up right behind me in my studio. Is it still up? I've seen When I've seen other stuff, it looks like it got moved maybe out of – it's not in the same position. No, it is. It's in the same spot. It's right behind me. It's, it, we're actually selling merch with it on it this – Today, the merch goes up. We have a whole new line of merch, by the way, up for sale. Store.patmagvishow.com, 20% off everything until Monday at 7 p.m. If we sell 25,000 items, somebody will get a For the Brand brand, AJ. But, yeah, the Centaur is right behind me still. It's the, one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. Uh, I'm glad that it's, uh, it's still up. Yeah, believe me, I think the uh, when I asked my buddy to commission that and, and told him exactly what I wanted, I feel like he... He nailed it. It's pretty spot on, man. I feel like you you embody all that is that centaur. Oh, my God. I let You called me a douchebag just a little bit ago, but now you're motivating me. This is a pretty crazy little uh, a roller coaster of emotions of a friendship here. I can't wait to get in a booth with you. I know. It's going to be uh, – yeah, I don't know. How do you How do you see it going? It's going to be fun. I, 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 my brother actually – my oldest brother texted me, I think, last night. And he said, oh, hey, that's, that's awesome. Have you done a game with Pat before? And I said, I don't think Pat's done a game. What do you mean? Like I, I don't true. have you ever done any kind of nope. I know you've been you don't you do TV all over the place you do wrestling but have you ever called a game no nope. they they would they didn't accept me for that broadcast boot camp that you all go to all these players that do the broadcasts of of games and on TV and all the panels they actually did not accept my resume to get in I've been I've applied numerous times and got rejected numerous times so they don't even let me in there so i have no no teach tape no nothing nothing at all except for what i see every single weekend when i watch football games and listen to what each person's saying i try to do a little bit of research there's a lot of really terrible ones i try not to learn from but the good ones i try to chime in with but there's not a lot of good three-man booths there's a lot of terrible three-man booths so i don't really i think i'm just going to try to find my own lane i'll lay back a little bit let the smart football guy talk and call my people douchebag let the play-by-play kind of run his thing and then i'll just kind of I'll pipe in like a sniper whenever there needs to be a heater every once in a while. No, I think you're going to be awesome. Hey, that, trust me, that broadcast boot camp, that doesn't do anything to help you calling games. You only do a real, real little bit talking about actually being a color analyst for a game. It's more on like every other aspect of broadcasting. But the only way to to get better calling games is to call games. Just do it. You need reps. And But with you, though, you're such a unique guy that I think that's what people want. Like they don't want you to try to be, you know, Rex Ryan. Like when he first got on TV, he tried to be like a TV guy. And they're like, no, we want you to be Rex. Like be who you are in your your press conferences. Be Rex. Like don't try to be buttoned up and all that. And so, you've done enough TV though. You know, you know what you're doing. And I think that's why Fox wants you to do the game. That's why I'm glad I get to be the the guy sharing the booth with you. Oh, hey, that was really cute there. I thank you for those kind words. I will say this though. Yeah. I'm pretty solid at being me in most situations. You know what I mean? I mean, there was a couple mm-hmm. handshake, kiss the ring situations I had to do in L.A. where I wasn't fully me, and it was kind of uncomfortable. I had to compliment people that I didn't want to compliment. Bah, 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 bah. You get it, all right? But when I get on um, this particular weekend in that booth, I'm real excited to let her fly. I'm real excited to let her fly, see what comes out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, especially working for Fox. Fox values personalities over anything else, I feel like. Like, they don't, there's other, think about, like, CBS, they're more of, like, old school, buttoned up. ESPN, they're, they're kind of, yeah, a little bit of both, maybe. But I feel like Fox, out of all the networks, 
uh, and especially people calling the games. They like people that are personalities. Look at the number one crew. Gus Gus is the most Electric. excitable, crazy play-by-play guy. And play-by-play guys are usually just right down the middle, like just presenting the facts, basically. And Gus is awesome. So that's what Fox likes. So that's why they, they want you to do this game, man. Do you know this, this play-by-play guy at all? I do not. I've never done oh, a great. game with him. I've done. I've worked with a lot of different guys. I know he he works for what the, the Pelicans, the basketball squad. Yep, and also the Saints. I think he does some stuff for the Saints too. He's uh he's down in the Bayou, dire. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be awesome, man. He will. I'm sure he's uh he's pumped. We'll talk to him. I'm going to talk to him later this afternoon on the conference call with the Texas Tech coaches. I don't know if you're jumping on or not, but we'll get to speak with him, and then yeah, we'll get to hang out with him Friday before the game and. And I'm sure he's excited. It's a different. It's definitely, I'm sure, different than any booth he has ever had for a football game. Having myself and you there next to him, I can't wait for that conference call. I've <laughs> been. What time is the <laughs> conference call? Four thirty Eastern. They'll send you an email with dial-in information. Are you, are you really going to join? Yeah, of course. I've been planning for this conference call all day. <laughs> Who are we talking to? Yeah. The Texas Tech and what's their what's their team name? What are they? What are they? The War Raiders. There you go. Yep, Texas Tech War Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Raiders, dude. Wreck them. You know, I already know their hashtag, their whole thing. I've wreck done. Em. We're talking hey, to em. we're talking to all of the Texas Tech War Raiders. Okay, at four thirty. All of them. Every player. Every coach. It's gonna be a while. Is that serious right now? Is it like a FaceTime or no. is it? No, it's not a FaceTime. We'll talk to their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and then uh, Gibbs and, and Kevin Johns that are O&D coordinators. What are you going to ask them, just so I know going in, what type of questions I should have ready to ask? Honestly, I, I want to ask – I might ask Cliff. Because I had Cliff on my podcast a couple of years ago, and he was awesome. I want to know – I might ask Cliff. I might be like, Cliff, so do you have any idea about this crew that is broadcasting your game that you're trying to become bowl eligible and the – shenanigans that are going to be happening up in the booth during your time where you're trying to hang on to your job and justify keeping your gig that is your dream job. I want to see what he says to that. And I'll follow up, Cliff. Is there anything you'd like me to say during the broadcast that maybe a booster is listening or watching that might save your job? <laughs> follow up. Hey, for real. For Honestly, he would love it. I mean, you don't have to say to save your job, but just say, like, yeah, what? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, honestly, do it. That's all they care about. Like, the good, the smart coaches, they know how to work with the media to make them look good and, and to make not, everything about them and a follow up a good thing though about f- follow up to the follow up cliff uh, i see that your first name is cliff with a k and your last name is kingsbury with a k did you ever think that if your parents named you cliff kevin kingsbury that would be pretty tough to sell later in life <laughs> <laughs> the question is what is his middle name i don't know it's tom it's it? timothy i just looked it up it's Timothy, which is my dad's name, which is a real shame. I was really hoping it was like Kevin or something. Oh, it would be great if he was Cliff Kevin thank Kingsbury. Thank God for Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I, did, I, did never, I never thought about that. I guess it's, it's common sense that the K's were kind of off the list when you're thinking of middle names if you have your the dude. first and last name already picked out for him. I've been watching a lot of documentaries. For a lot of people, that would be a dream name. Just want to let you know that I've been watching a lot of docs. There, there's a lot of bad, bad white people out there. AJ, I did not know. 
Dude, there's a um, there's one on Netflix about the the Aryan nation or whatever, and I had no idea. They're a small, like in relative to population, they're a very small group of humans. But boy, they're a terrible batch of white people that I did not know still exist on this world. They're very. It's a small group. There's like two hundred of them basically in the thing that we're talking about. But they're they do some terrible. I had no idea they still existed. I'm being serious when I say it, it was very naive of me to think that 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 level of stupidity still exists. But there's like a good two three hundred of them. Dying in Georgia still running around with all these torches and shit. Wow. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know they still existed. I thought, yeah, there's some, you know, weird hillbillies that, that may have some racist thoughts or whatever. I didn't know they're actually. Yeah, they legit, still gather. Yeah, they still gather. They have an email list to a newsletter. Yeah, that was the big that was a big part of the documentary was the this first lady of the, the I forget what they call themselves. The Knights of something. The first lady sends out all the emails. It's a big job. It's a big job. She's she's front line of recruiting for the uh, the racist white people. The, for, wait, the first lady. So she's the the wife of the head man, whatever his name is. Well, he wouldn't get married to her because he doesn't want to uh, appear soft. So she was just girlfriend. So I, I don't. <laughs> I'm telling oh you, it, these I wow. am. I am so deep in documentaries on Netflix. I know a lot more about these weird subcultures than I should. I'm being serious when I say that, but it all adds. It all adds to the stand-up bits, though. All adds to the stand-up bits. Hate to butt in like this. I know AJ and Pat are on a real heater right now, but we've uh, we've got some important business to uh, to discuss here, and that's with our friends at Upstart. Applying for a loan is a lot like applying for a job that you don't get to interview for. Instead, loan companies make their decisions based off your credit score and history without getting to know the whole you. Now, thanks to Upstart.com, it never has to be that way again. Upstart is revolutionizing the way that you borrow money by rewarding you for your job experience and education in the form of a smaller interest rate. When I first got out of school, you know, I probably could have went to Upstart in order to start paying back those student loans. I didn't need to be uh, bent over by a barrel by the government, but I didn't, I didn't do it, you know? Huge mistake there. Unlike traditional credit underwriting, which can be biased against people with a short credit history, Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit worthiness. So Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in less than two minutes without affecting your credit score. The best part, once your loan is approved, the funds will be transferred to you the very next business day. The next day. Over 100,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, fund their wedding, or to make a large purchase. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. So hurry to upstart.com heartland to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes two minutes, and it won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com heartland upstart.com slash heartland back to aj hawk are you still doing stand-up i mean i at some point i'll do it again so i guess yeah i'm still doing i'm not uh, i don't know haven't done a show in a while so i guess it's kind of up in the air in the middle okay i'm just wondering have you ever done it out there so what have you ever done it no no way why stand up i mean i I don't know. I mean, why would I try that? You're a great storyteller. I'm not really the dynamic storyteller you are. I give speeches and stuff at places and try oh. to make some decent money doing that. Is it motivational? I don't, I don't do stand-up. Is it motivational? What? 
No, absolutely not. It seems like it's probably motivated. If it's a corporate speech, that's a motivational speech. I know it. You just lied to me. I would like to hear your motivational speeches, though. What do you? Uh, what do you go with? If someone, if someone is motivated by something I say, maybe. But no, I'm at, I'm the anti motivational speech. Speech, bro. I did a pregame show last week in Blacksburg, Virginia, and huh. they had they had me give. They wanted me to look at the camera and give a pep talk to the UAB Blazers playing <laughs> Texas A and M. And I told the producer going on my like, hey, man, like that's not really my thing. Like I hate pep talks. I disagree with them. I don't think they do anything. I right? disagree with pep talks. <laughs> and. No joke. He was like, well, he, luckily he was really cool. And he showed me one that this guy they had in studio does. And he, the guy's really good. He's animated, whatever. Com- the complete opposite of what I would be. You've got and to be so a bumblebee. <laughs> I basically told him, I was like, all right, well, yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll, whatever. And I just gave a short anti pep talk, basically, to the UAB Blazers. Just saying, like, how dumb pep talks are. These are stupid. You should be offended that they're having me do this. Why would you need this? Like, are you guys, you guys are 9-1. and one. You're a good team. You don't need a pep talk, so get me out of here. This is dumb. Sorry. Bye. Like, but, that's all I had to do. It was terrible. So you did give them a pep talk, though. You said, you guys don't need this. You guys are all so good. You should have faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. There's not a guy who's got incredibly good looks and great hair who went to Ohio State and played for the Packers and now is on television wearing makeup. There's nothing that guy can say that makes your team a better team. This is stupid. You guys are a great squad already. Get out there and do your thing. I'm done with this. That's what you said. That's a pep talk, what you just gave. You just gave them a pep talk. Yeah, I guess it, it turns into that. But you, it, through your your vision, it, it sounds much better. So maybe I should have brought you down. But no, I haven't. You, hey, that's another thing. I am a motivator. That. I am a motivator. If you said wear makeup, I haven't. I don't wear makeup. But the play-by-play guys I work with, they bring their own little thing and they put their own makeup on. There's not makeup people there, or at least the crews I've worked on. What are you going to do? Are you thinking you're going to bring your own? No, I'm spray tanning, I think, Friday morning. That's all the makeup I need. Just put a little tan on the Irish skin. Makes me look damn good on 4K. Who's going who's gonna to spray tan? I got this company I just go to. Not a company, a small business here in Indianapolis. I walk in. They know the deal. I want dark tint. Make me black real quick. And then we go out there and really make it good. Okay, you're not allowed to do that in 2018. We just had Halloween. You know you can't do that. Oh, Megan Kelly lost her gig for asking that question of why. Oh, what a dumbass, God. bro. What a, what a dumbass. Yeah, that's a question, but... They just used that as an excuse to get rid of her because they True. didn't like her and her ratings were awful. That's like, and she still got paid sixty nine mil though, right? Uh, she won in that whole thing. I mean, she looks. She got a bad rap there for a long time, which probably not a bad rap. It's a very stupid question, but she made. She's now a professional golfer. Probably she's just getting paid sixty nine million probably to golf on a daily basis. Well, she should go back to Fox News now, right? That that's what she her specialty was. I know Tucker Carlson tucked her and took her spot and drove the ratings up even higher. So maybe uh, maybe they put her on before Tucker. I'm assuming that she pissed off people at Fox too whenever she went to NBC. I'm assuming. She might just be done. If I have $69 million sure in the bank, by the way, I, I don't want to say that I uh, am a guy that would disappear, but I think I'm going ahead and getting an Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning flip phone, going to an island. I don't know if you'll ever fucking see me again if I get $69 yeah, million. Yeah, you the- will, man. You say that. You say it all the time. Hold on. Hey. Warren, hey. Warren Buffett and everybody. Hey, AQ Shipley's FaceTime me right now. Hold on. Do you know him? <laughs> yeah. AQ. Okay. You're on a podcast. Yeah, I'm actually interviewing uh, AJ Hawk right now. He's on here. He can hear you. Hey, I hear you guys are going to be uh, analysts this weekend. Yeah, we're analyzing a lot of shit, man. AJ's going to do a lot of the analyzing, and I'm just probably going to be piping in with one-liners. Who's he, who's, he, uh, who's he got this weekend? 
Hey, who do you think's going to win, AJ? Between Tech and Baylor? Well, if Tech's starting quarterback plays, they should definitely light it up. But if not, it's who knows, man. I didn't awesome. hear a single thing that just happened. Well, yeah, because he's on a FaceTime. He's in my headphones. He said he thinks if Tech's quarterback's there playing, Tech's going to light it up. But just for future reference, I don't like to predict games that I'm calling. It's kind of my standard, so I won't be able to give you an answer. <laughs> Oh, okay, you're, you're Herb Street. Yeah, me and Herbie, kind of the same way. We don't want to really put any negative vibes into the air. We just want to see a good, hard-fought game between student-human athletes. Student-humans first, athletes third. All right, well, go enjoy your interview. Call me later. Do you want to say anything to AJ? Do you guys know each other? Uh, no, I played against him. Um, Was he dirty? Was AJ dirty? Great player. Great player. At Ohio State <laughs> and in the NFL. Great player. Did you guys ever really get into it? Any CTE cause for either of you by either of you? I don't think so. I huh. don't think so. Huh. I don't believe in CTE. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> hey, AJ, that guy's one of the dumbest guys in history. I don't know how well you know AQ. I don't know him well. I've known of him. I know of him and I've played against him, but I don't, I don't know him personally, but I know I've, I've heard him on your show and the more I hear of him, the more I like that dude. Oh, AJ, he is a guy that is a lunatic for sure, an absolute lunatic, but a hilarious one. You also saw Pat Anger echo our, our chimes, yours specifically, of not letting a dude spray water in your mouth. Oh, I love Pat. I've been saying that forever, man. And that's that's something I, I told my wife. Um, man, I don't know if it was during – it was – before or after Pat, but yeah, like I knew uh, there's no way anyone's ever, I'm never, I'd get offended if they tried to act like they wanted to squirt water in my mouth. And my good buddy, who's a trainer, used to try to joke and try to get me during a game, like timeout. I would smack the bottle out of his hand and try to fight him on the field. And I told my wife, like, the most, the, probably the, the proud, most proudest thing I am about from my career from second grade on is that I never laid on the field once, hurt, and I never let anyone squirt water in my mouth. I'm like, other than that, I don't care. But that's two things I'm very proud of. It is tough to watch guys just let other people spray the butt. Like you're, you're so tired, you can't just grab the thing and spray it. You're, you're so tired that you can't squeeze a bottle in your. Some person who makes a living trying to make everybody's life a little bit better. These these water boys that people talk about, these people have 14-hour days during the season trying to get people right with STEM, rehab, and everything like that. These guys and girls get yelled at by the GMs because players are hurt that they didn't hurt. They're getting yelled at by players for making them sit out. These water boys that you speak of, their lives are terrible, and then they got to squeeze water into people's mouths. That's unbelievable. And well, it's a growing trend too. It's it's happening more and more. I'm sure it happens in high school now. And man, that I, I urge any high school coach that hears this, like, do not <laughs> start that early with those kids. Like, can you imagine the entitlement that you get if you're a 15 year old kid and you have some trainer squirting water in your mouth? Like, there's no hope for that kid. He has no chance moving the, forward. The only time anything should get squirted in your mouth is if you're doing, you know, obviously non-sexual related, we're talking about non-sexual related, is if you're at a bar and they ring a bell or a siren and they tell you to get up to the bar and a little person comes sprinting out of the wall with a bottle of whatever, tequila, vodka, anything like that, and is just pouring it into people's mouths while running down the bar. I recommend that, by the way. I'm not against that at all. I've done that on numerous occasions at a bar in Pittsburgh. The little person was from my high school. He was a legend. Rest in peace to his beautiful soul. He passed away. Not sure if they still do it, but that is something you can definitely allow to get dumped down your throat, I think. 
Yeah, of course. Anything with alcohol in it, I think, is allowed. But yeah, definitely not. Like on the field, in front of people, in front of cameras, where millions of people are possibly watching. Like that's the ultimate, just disrespectful move. And I know trainers don't feel disrespected by it because I would talk to them all the time. I would when I was in Cincinnati. I remember talking to the trainers. They would be walking around, going up and down the line during practice, trying to squirt water. I'd be like, "Hey, no, get out of there! Like, what are you doing?" Stop off on that dude water. If you, you just hold it for him in front of his hand, and he can grab it if he wants it. But do not put that in front of his face. And just that, that shouldn't be your first offer to squirt it in his mouth. That's not like it doesn't work like that. Like you work with us, you don't work for us. So stop doing that stuff, man. I don't know who started, but I, it, oh, it makes me crazy. I would love to. That's a motivational speech, by the way. You just gave another motivational speech. You work with us, not for us. That's motivation. Look at you just being all types of motive. You're like the next fucking uh, Lou Holtz out there with your motivation. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, I was thinking about when I, uh, I told the, uh, I was, Doug Gottlieb was the host of the show I was working on. I was like, what if I thought about doing like a Lou Holtz impression for my pep talk? What do you think? He's like, nah, I don't think that would go over real well. Listen, tonight you're a bumblebee. Bumblebee's bodies are way too big for the size of their wings. They should not be able to fly. It's a scientific fact that bumblebees should not be able to go off the ground. But tonight you're a bumblebee. You're outweighed, you're outmatched, but you will fly tonight like a bumblebee. Tonight you make magic. How about the magic trick he did with the newspaper that one time? He ripped up the newspaper and then he folded it, and then by the end of it, it was a whole newspaper again. Lou Holtz is fucking legendary. Yeah, he is. He he does that newspaper trick about 220 times a year at all his speaking gigs. I know that much. That dude makes cash. It's a, now, okay, interesting sentence you just put there because it was a slap at Lou Holtz for using his same hacky thing, and then you complimented him at the end for how much cash he makes. So I don't know how I feel about what you just said about Lou Holtz. Well, yeah, good. I'm glad you don't know how to feel. Was it a shot at Lou Holtz or a compliment at Lou Holtz right there, AJ? I don't know. It's however you interpret it, man. <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, I'm just putting stuff out there, my things out there, just stating facts. Uh, I can't wait for Saturday with you. You're the man. Have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Do you want to say happy Thanksgiving to anybody, or is that kind of anti your thing, too? Uh, who else is in there? Who else is in the office with you right now? Uh, everybody's in the office at some some point scattered around, though. we got a big merch deal going on, so there's a lot of panic happening right now in the office. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the office over there at Heartland Radio, and maybe to you. Well, I, that means a lot. Uh, but, few hundred thousand people listening to you could have maybe said happy thanksgiving to them but that's well, not your thing that's not your thing give it i'm not pandering let me pander to the crowd hey oh, can i give a round of applause for all the troops and the firefighters out there and god bless everybody that's going through any struggles right now and all the sick kids in america just i, I want to give you guys i'm giving you a standing ovation right now you can't see me but i just appreciate everything you do for us not once did you wish them a happy Thanksgiving, though. So <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I just got to really pander. Let me pander to every single possible group I can, Pat. We'll come on the air like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see you at the press conference at... Uh... 4.30 at the conference call. Yep, no press conference is happening today, but yeah, I'll be there. Do you see what we just did? We just finished each other's... I'm not your dancing monkey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, hook him. War Raiders.
Over the course of the last year and a half, we've done hundreds of interviews. I've been the producer on Pat's show for right around 200 episodes. And for a couple of those, there are, there are certain people who just don't get it. They don't get Pat's humor. They don't get his interviewing style. That's why AJ is so perfect. You know, they were never teammates. I'm, I'm almost positive they'd never met each other before they started doing laces out together. And now, like, when you see them interact with each other, when you hear them talk to each other, it seems like they were teammates for 10 years. Um, AJ is just one of those guys who, whenever Pat says, hey, we got AJ on the phone today, everyone kind of perks up a little bit, gets a little bit more excited, because you just know he's, he's going to come with it. He's going he's gonna to bring the juice. He always does. I don't know very many people who can match his level of wit and sarcasm in the, the same delivery. So I just I love every time AJ comes on the show, and obviously when you meet him in real life, and he's not a, he's not a dick, he's he's a real down to earth good good dude. Then that just makes it uh, that much better. So to wrap up the show here, uh, we're gonna go with uh, one more interview. That same thing. Whenever this guy comes on, he's been on the show a couple times. It's just electric every single time. He's hilarious. He doesn't really care. I mean, he's got absolutely no filter. You know, Pat's got no filter too, but this guy has absolutely no filter. I've been a fan of his dating back to when he was a comedian before he switched personas and and went to this, but all the same, just hilarious dude, hilarious interview, great one to end the show on. Ladies and gentlemen, Wheeler Walker Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man that is hilarious, a man that is talented, a man that is handsome, a man that went on tour with Kid Motherfucking Rock, friend of the show, hilarious Huban. He first debuted with an album called Redneck Shit. In 2016. Then in 2017, he followed up with another heater called Old Wheeler. And releasing, at the end of November, I do believe, his third album, which everybody is looking forward to, titled WW3, ladies and gentlemen, country superstar, Wheeler Walker Jr. What's up, man? It's cool to see you. Although I'll pretend, should I pretend like I haven't been looking at you for an hour trying to hook this up? <laughs> Technology's a real kick in the dick. I think we can all agree with that. I'm very excited that this all worked out. Do you see who's on the shirt right behind me there, by the way? That's Will Smith. Well, it's Will Smith's body and then a Mason Ramsey t-shirt. Oh, fucking shit. What are you guys doing to me? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I, just, I decided I'm going to go easier on Mason Ramsey for a little while. Oh, uh, why are you coming around? I'm not coming around. I'm just saying, I was like, I, I would decide, you know all this new shit with the battle raps, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like Eminem's doing like the Machine Gun Kelly battle rap. Yes. I started to do it. I was like, I'm going to make a, 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 a Yodel Kid battle rap. And I got halfway through it. I was making it with a buddy, and I started. It was called Neverland. It was about <laughs> how, like, I wanted Michael Jackson to come back to life and do take him to Neverland. And I felt so bad about it that I stopped. <laughs> you had like a a a woken moment where you're like, God, maybe this is too far. Well, I was just like, you know, once you start talking about wishing this kid would, you know, go <laughs> hang out at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch, maybe that's too far. <laughs> I you're in Nashville right and now. That, and, Go ahead. Yeah, I am. Well, we had to fly four people. No, I was just saying, uh, you know. 
We had to send four. We had to send four people down to Nashville to meet Mason and his team to potentially get an interview with. That's what they forced us to do. The Mason Ramsey people forced us to fly four people to Nashville to meet him and his crew so that we could potentially have an interview with them. Get a plane, fly down there, fly back. They say it went incredible. Todd and the grandma were hitting it off well, and then they fucking blew us off. So I was pretty. I was coming onto your side of the whole thing. Yeah, fuck that grandma. You know what? I offered him $100,000 to do a commercial for my new record. <laughs> what is your new record, by the way? When's it coming out? November what? It's November 30th. It's called WW3. It's about my wife and kid. It's a love record. Uh, do, do you Are you excited about it? How long did it take for you to write it? It took me about six months to write it, but it, you know, we record it fast. It took about a week to record. Um, you were on tour with Kid Rock. How was that? It was cool, man. I mean, the, the only thing was, you know, we had the bus out back, and uh, I would try to go to sleep after the show, and he's setting off fucking explosions back there, and I'm like waking up from my sleep, like you know, like a, like a, like a Vietnam vet or something. It was crazy. <laughs> Are you and Kid Rock friends now, or was it strictly business? No, it was, we we hung out a little bit. He's a good dude. I talk to him occasionally. He's a good dude. Oh, nice. Well, why did you come to the Indianapolis show? Man, I forget where I was. I was on my way to there. I was either out of town or on my way back. For, I think I might have been in California. This might sound like a very highbrow thing, but I think I was on my way back from California. I was very pissed off because, A, ball with the ball, the bang, the dang, diggy, 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 said the boogie, sit up, jump the boogie, got me through like seven summers in high school and <laughs> in middle school. And also, I love Wheeler Walker's music, so I was very bummed out about it. Yeah, I was bummed you couldn't make it too, man. It would have been a good time. And I'm sure uh, Kid would have dug you, man. I doubt he would have talked to me. He, he, <laughs> I doubt he would have talked to me. He's, he's, uh, he's you know a... what? You know who I, you know who I, you know who I met down there was your man, Guy Fieri. <laughs> how'd you, how'd you, what did you think about him? Um, I wish he would stop FaceTiming me at midnight, but other than that, he's a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> Is that everybody's thing? What when I was with Jake Owen, Jake Owen FaceTimed you at what, two AM, I think, in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Guy Fietti FaceTimes you at midnight. Is that everybody's thing? I guess people just don't want to see my face, I guess, and I don't blame them. But <laughs> still, it's weird you're you're in bed with your fucking wife at midnight and you to hear the phone ring, it's just, oh, Guy Fieri wants to, me to watch him eat. <laughs> How does the wife feel about the old Wheeler Walker f uh, fame that has really taken off here in the last couple of years? Um, well, she she digs the money. She spends it on a lot of shit. You know, um, <laughs> she would rather me be home more. Yeah, that's no doubt. Yeah, it's kind of the life of a rock star, though, Wheeler. Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, it's not my fault. I'm better than fucking Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a song you want to sing from the new album? Yeah, you want to hear a, a love song to my wife? It's kind of more of a rocker. It's called Fuck, Fuck You With The Lights On. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear Fuck You With The Lights On. And someone, a, a press outlet asked me, why do you have a love song called Fuck You With The Lights On? I said, real simple. I go, when you love someone enough, you want to see it going in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me hear it. Hey, I'm going to play a little bit. Tell me if, this, if it sounds okay, okay? When I fuck you with the lights on, I want to do it all night long. I want to see them old titties flapping. With that switch, baby, make it happen. 
Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll split your legs in the electric bill. Girl, I'll write you a love, 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 love song. song. If I can fuck you with, with the, the lights on. Lights on. God. Girl, there's something different about you. Makes me want to try something brand new. So let's get you back to my place. We got no time to waste. I want to put a big smile on your face. When I fuck you with the lights, lights on. on. I want to do it all night, night long. I want to see them old titties flapping. <laughs> Let that switch, baby, make it happen. Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll spit your legs in the electric bill. You're all right, love, 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 love song. If I can fuck you with the lights on. Oh. Well, fuck going green, because your top pussy needs to be seen. <laughs> So let me fuck you with the lights. I'll do it all night long. Wanna see them old ladies clapping? Let that switch, baby, make it happen. Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll split your legs in the electric bill. Girl, I'll write you a love, 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 love song. If I can fuck you with the lights on. Oh, it's a year. It's an absolute heater, Wheeler. That was unbelievable. And I go and I take it all back. Fuck Yodel Kid, man. I was trying to be nice for a second, but you know what? I wish Michael Jackson would come back and take him on a fucking roller coaster. Jesus ride. Christ, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, I want to let you know that that was one of the most romantic songs yep. I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, it's working. I mean, she, my my wife is uh, she's in the other room and she's wet. <laughs> you can just sense that, huh? That's the type of romance. No, hey, man, it's like, I can hear it's like a shower going on. <laughs> okay, so she, what is her first read? Does she get to hear that before the public, or does she get to hear that before you record it, or is it just something that... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I told her I was going to do a love record to her and the kids, so she made me she made me play everything before we recorded it. To the kids? No, no. She, she no. It's a, There's songs to the kid. You know, we got a song soon called... It's a ballad to my son called All the Pussy You Will Sway. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, and what she thought was sweet, but she had to hear She can't have me record it without her hearing. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You're a team. It's a Romeo Juliet operation. Over sweet. Yeah, Fuck yeah. That is. How Bonnie long, and Clyde. How long have you been with uh, your wife? Uh, about a year and a half. Is that real or not? Yeah, yeah. How old are your kids? Say that again? Well, you said kids. I would assume it would take longer than a year and a half to create kids. No, kid. One son. Oh, so you've been with your wife for a year and a half. You have a son. You got your third album coming out. Life is really good for you, Wheeler. I, there's no way. Fuck you yeah. Could, there's no Fuck way. Yeah, you, it is. That's the thing is I always tell the truth, you know, and I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sing songs about banging groupies if I got a wife and a son. You know, I wanted to sing real shit. Well, that's why you're trying to sleep while Kid Rock's setting off mm. fucking bombs back <laughs> I know. I can't hang out. He's got strippers here. I can't be hanging out with them. <laughs> you're, you're, nobody would ever guess while well, Wheeler Walker's such a gentleman. Fuck yeah, I am. All, right, I All man. <laughs> now, did you take any downtime bef uh, between last album and this album, or has it been work, work, work? Fucking work, 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 man. I, don't got, I ain't got time for downtime. What is the end game for Wheeler Walker? Are you selling out arenas? Uh, that's the goal, but our manager says, don't get comfortable. Um, 
don't uh, I don't know if that's happening, I guess is what he's trying to say. <laughs> hit, hit. His end game is st- keep staying nice to Pat McAfee. Oh, that's very nice of him. I, now, here's a question for you, though. You have been outspoken not only about Mason Ramsey, about other country musicians as well. Does your manager ever say, like, hey, why don't we try to befriend these people or they let you do what you got to do? He lets me do what I got to do. I mean, most of these guys, you know, some of the pop country I hate, the actual dudes when I meet them, they're nice dudes. But I just I always tell them, you know, they're like kind of lay off of make better music then what am i gonna do <laughs> who's a musician you hate right now who's a musician i hate um i gotta be honest i'm garth is coming right now garth has got you right now he's kind of annoying me right now well, how come i don't know he's just he's just like rubbing it in playing these stadiums and shit <laughs> bro he sold out banker's life here five nights in a row yeah yeah, he just did Notre Dame, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's in his. That's within the same year that in the same state he did the arena five times. Yeah, that's too fucking big. What Plus, a- he's fat. That pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> what about his uh, alter ego, Chris Gaines? Did you like his music? I liked Chris Gaines better. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris Gaines and I played the same size places. <laughs> Are you going on tour anytime soon? Uh, yeah, we got seven gigs left this year. Um, four shows on the West Coast, and then we come back and then do Nashville December 6th, Chicago December 7th, uh, Milwaukee December 8th. How are you on the West Coast? Do people enjoy Wheeler Walker? People, that's why we're back. Is We sold out all these shows. We're doing the same four we did last year, L.A., Santa, Anna, Cinco, Phoenix. We sold them all out last year, so we're going to try to do it again. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. What are some songs? What is the song that puts you on the map, you think, with all your fans? I got to say Fuck You, Bitch, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Snoop Dogg has a video with that. Everybody loves that song. Everybody loves it because it's so relatable. Yeah, when I, when I play it, it's fucking like Stairway, man. They go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, hey, Wheeler, are you going to be advertising on Pornhub again for this album? Um, yeah, and I got a trick up my sleeve for this this time around on Pornhub. Genius. I can't tell it to you yet, but oh, I will wait. be advertising on Pornhub. And uh, they, well, they told me they got a surprise. Pornhub is giving me a, some sort of gift or something. Mm. Oh, that could be big. And they gave, they gave me a hint of what it is. I don't want to give it away, but it sounds to me like, I'll give you a hint. Yep. It involves uh, penises and vagina. Oh. <laughs> Are you releasing a sex tape with your album? You and your wife. Um, I I am I will not be releasing a sex tape, mm. but they may be. Re- I don't know. I don't know how, what to say and what not to say. <laughs> I'll say put it this way: I'm going to make a little bit of fucking news. Willow Walker parody. Ooh. Well, something like that. Put it this way: I'm doing something Garth ain't doing. <laughs> Garth Brooks ain't never have this much commitment to his fucking career that you have. Exactly, Garth Brooks ain't. He doesn't even advertise on porn. <laughs> and he hangs up. And he hangs, <laughs> and he hangs up as soon as he says Garth Brooks doesn't even advertise on Pornhub. Like that's a normal thing. It's a true statement. Like, Garth Brooks does not even advertise no, on Pornhub. I didn't even think about it. So Wheeler Walker Jr. I've known him for a few years now because mm-hmm. he's just a hilarious human. I enjoy hilarious humans. This is a hilarious character here. He literally debuted his last album on Pornhub, which if you think about it is so genius Mm -hmm. because they always say 
A lot of businesses may go down, they may go up. Mm -hmm. There's one business that remains at the top and is hard all the time, and that's the <laughs> porn industry. When did Pornhub like spike? Was that after the missile launch thing? Remember that oh, story? Dude, yeah, yeah. The fake mm -hmm. missile. And yeah. from Hawaii. In Hawaii. <laughs> Can you imagine if he was advertising that day? Oh, maybe oh, that's, what, maybe that's what Pornhub's doing. Maybe Pornhub's <laughs> sending out a fake missile crisis to everybody. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get Wheeler back on. How about him? That's a real man, a softer side there. Fuck you with the lights on. Yeah. I Very mean, similar to Clayton. I'm starting to tear up a little bit. I associate. I, I, I get it. I wonder mm -hmm. how Wheeler Walker feels about Clayton Anderson. We mm. should play him in the dark oh, and yeah. see if he thinks anything about it. I don't know. Hello? Can you hear me? Fuck yeah, I can. Let's nice. go. Two-part interview. Let's do part two. <laughs> part two, we're back. You, the last thing you said to us was that Garth Brooks doesn't even advertise on Pornhub. Um, what are you doing with, how did that all come to be, by the way? Because we were talking whenever you were gone, how genius that was, how genius it was. Yeah, well, well, you know what it was? It was honestly, it was just like my fucking, my managers, you know, come to me with like these ideas. Like, why don't we stream the album on rollingstone.com? I go, fuck off. No one watches that shit. Mm -hmm. Let's go where the people are. And I go, he goes like, what? I go like, you know, Pornhub. <laughs> and he goes, I go, look up where rollingstone.com is on the biggest website. It was like number 35,000. I go, look up where Pornhub is. It was number 11 on the biggest website. <laughs> so I go, call. He goes, well, I don't know anybody at Pornhub. I go, you're my fucking manager. Fucking figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a superstar. I can't handle it. So you call Pornhub. Hi, my name is Wheeler Walker. I am a country musician that tells the truth. Mm -hmm. People like my music. I was wondering if I could debut my album on your website. And they go, we, we noticed you're a high-quality user, and we'd love, to, <laughs> we'd love to get in business with you. <laughs> uh, how, and now Pornhub's thinking of ideas and thinking of ways to launch your next album, which is coming out November 30th, you said? Yep. Um, yeah, we'll do, we'll do something cool. Like I said, you may see it going in. Well, we don't know yet. Could we see you uh, doing a commercial for Pornhub or something like that in the near future to further oh, the relationship? Absolutely. Nice. I don't need think. I don't think they need it, but yeah. 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 Do you need to advertise people fucking on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Pornhub with a Super Bowl commercial. Oh, I think they did, the didn't they? No. No, I don't, I don't think it. the NFL would allow it. I yeah. honestly don't think the NFL would. Allow it. The only reason why they would do it is just to troll. That's the only reason why Pornhub yeah. would do it. Number 11 biggest website of all time. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Number 11 in the world. Yeah, it's bigger than Craigslist. Well, Craigslist took quite a hit there when they took the prostitution <laughs> off. Well, even that, but it's still like, you know, you, you want to compare that to fucking Paste Magazine? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any songs that are currently being created or being wrote? Um... I'm trying to think what I was working on. Oh, there's some stuff that got um. There's just like one. There's a couple songs that got I didn't record for this record that I like. There's one called "His Penis Has Come Between Us." But you know, I don't have I don't want to do breakup songs anymore because I'm mm -hmm. I'm happily married. You know, because you're in love. I'm in love. I love my wife. I love my son. Is was that a a decision that you made by yourself, or was your wife and son a part of that decision? About the songs or the marriage? Just <laughs> the songs. Yeah, well, she, 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 she's like, you know, you can't keep singing about this crazy shit. I go, I'll, I, I, I'm in love. I'll sing love songs, but I got to do it, you know, the Wheeler way, which is, you know, like one of the songs on the new record's called Still Ain't Sick of Fucking You. <laughs> that's nice. Because, which is, hey, that's a big part of a relationship, by yes. the way. Yes. 
Well, that's what I was saying. It's like, that's how I think about love. It's just like, I was after like six months, I was like, honey, you know, I fucked you for six months. I'm still ain't sick of it, you know? And she's just like, I think that's what love is. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had a friend who did a weekend in Morgantown, and uh, on Sunday, he told us at brunch uh, before we all left town that he thinks he's ready to get married because he did an entire weekend in Morgantown and didn't want to do cocaine once. So he thought he was ready for marriage. <laughs> Sounds like someone I need to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just it's weird. It's weird to like keep fucking the same person and not be oh, sick of it. Mm-hmm. You uh, know? That's very, very true. Mm-hmm. That but, is... but that that is the definition of marriage, you know, really. Yeah, when you That's think good. about you it. You know, I was just like, you know, I don't want to fuck anybody else. And she's like, well, give me that fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you did it. Congratulations. That's awesome. The pressure's on me from all angles. It's very wild. It's a wild. You got someone right now? Yeah, I'm, I've been with a lady here for a couple of years now. A um, couple of years. That's about that time, man. Walker Wheeler, I don't need your fucking bullshit. <laughs> all right. I've had it from everybody else. Uh, and she well, said. I, w- I, w- I want to hear your love album, though. I'll write one for sure. The other day she told me she'd be a tax break too, so it's something I should think about. She wanted the financial route. Oh, yeah, you could get her health insurance maybe too. Yeah. <laughs> All these things, Wheeler. All these things. Yeah, that, you, we're, we're think, you're, you think the same way I think of, which is just like tax breaks, health insurance. It was, you know, I do love her, but still there's some benefits. <laughs> <laughs> Who played your wedding? Fucking, you know, fucking food. You know, actually, um, a buddy of mine played, just an old band friend of mine, some friends of mine from Kentucky played, and then I got on stage, of course, and made everyone go home. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> you performed at your own wedding? Well, I just did, I did a couple songs just for like, you know, as like a guess who's here, you know. Of course, I'm, of course I'm here with my goddamn wedding. <laughs> guess who's here? <laughs> oh, yes. I, just, I just can't, I can't watch another band play while I'm standing right there, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, you're a legend. How are you just going to watch some amateurs go up there and perform when you not grab the guitar for a second? I mean, they were, and plus they were just fucking stoned idiots. They suck. (laughs) Um, Whenever you play a song like Fuck You Bitch, do you still get emotional about it? Because now you're in love, and that's about a time where you weren't at all. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like I kind of finally understood why you know the Eagles were sick of of playing like Take It Easy or something because the song doesn't mean anything to me anymore, you know. The girls, like, I could give two fucks about that girl because I got th- this one now, you know? Yeah, you don't care. But, about- I do, but I do understand people, but I do get off on people enjoying it, you know? Yeah. What about her dog, it's- though? I think that was probably the, the line that... I re- st- yeah, I still fucking hate her dog. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dog in the studio right now, by the way, Valerie. Oh, yeah. Hey, Valerie, what's up? She's asleep. I don't know why. She doesn't have headphones on, so she can't hear you. It's a real shame, but that line about the dog was really the one that made me start laughing the hardest because it was like, man, a ricochet shot at the pet just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's, but it's, not, it's fun to listen to that old shit. It's just like, man, I was, I was in a fucking dark place back then. <laughs> you know? Now you're in a good place. Will you ever and be? And now I'm in, a, I'm in a good fucking place, yeah. Will Wheeler Walker ever sell out? Um. You know what? I've had a bunch of people, a bunch of big time country artists keep saying, you know, you, you sound good. Why don't you just sing some clean fucking shit? And um, I was like, why am I? And I literally said, I go, why am I going to sing clean fucking shit when you describe it as clean fucking shit? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, it's like, Valid? you don't, you don't, you're, you're not, you're not clean either. You know, the, but, uh, the thought though, that if you make something clean, that it could get national play would bring more people to Wheeler Walker Jr. That is technically, by definition, though, selling out, though, wouldn't it be? That would be... Well, here's, def- here, here, here's my question. If I do that, right, 
what are they gonna what's gonna happen when they hear all my old shit it's good you know it's still gonna it's not worth my time you know mm-hmm. like they're, they're gonna love some pretty ballad of mine that's got it's all clean i'm gonna show up and, and play all the pussy you will sway they're not gonna know what's going on <laughs> it's like you're catfishing these people exactly i don't want to play tricks on people i want people to dig what I, you know i'm selling out places on my own i don't I don't need that fucking clean shit. Now that you're happy and life's going great, when you look yourself in the mirror, how do you how do you keep that edge? The same edge you had when things weren't going great and you weren't so happy. Uh, I t- I talked to my business manager and that fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you have a business manager, a touring manager, a. Oh yeah, I got a. By the way, um, and no one ever told me how that a fucking kid's goddamn expensive either. <laughs> Two hundred fifty thousand dollars, they say. Eighteen years, two hundred fifty grand at the minimum. Yeah, man, that's that's a lot of fucking t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> How is the merch business for old Wheeler Walk? It's, it's good, but it's hard. It's hard, you know. It's like when I see that kid, I see him running around wanting fucking toys, man. I was like, fuck. All I can think about is that's a lot of koozies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have Wheeler on your guitar there. I don't know if that's been on. Do you have a guitar sponsorship now? Yeah, I'm with I'm with Gibson, and they've been good to me. Oh my God! I'd like to think of the Gibson Roundtable when they're thinking of the artists they're going to get behind. <laughs> like, all right, who's Fender got? Uh, all right, who do we got? We got blah blah blah, and then one. You know what? The thing is, at the end of the day, all they give a fuck about is numbers, and I also all these fuckers. You know? <laughs> it's because nice. you're real. Yeah, I mean, like, what are they going to do? Spend, you know, sponsor Dan and Shay or some shit. <laughs> Who's Dan and Shay? Do I know that? They is? opened up a Rascal Flats this year. Are they good or what? They, hey, the question's in the answer. Answer's in the question. I mean, they opened up a Rascal Flats. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a buttery smooth voice, that guy, Rascal Flats. Butter. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's true. You know, it's but, you know. Well, I don't know what to say about them. Fuck them. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play another song, Wheeler? Um, you want to want to hear some of "Fuck You, Bitch" for old time's sake? Yeah, I don't want to put. I don't want. You know, you know what? Let's. Why don't I play um my my new pot song? Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I like that a lot. Let's do that from the new record. Okay. Can you hear the guitar? Okay. Oh yeah, sounds beautiful. That that um that Gibson guitar sounds beautiful. Thank you, Gibson. <laughs> Thank you, Gibson. Some people smoke meth. <laughs> Some people smoke crack. Some people snort coke. Offer Ricky's ball sack. I've tried them all. Don't get me wrong. The best high there is comes from a bone. True. I like smoking pot a lot. I like getting stoned alone. I like vaping weed indeed. I think edibles are incredible. <laughs> I sure love them gummy bears. Hemp shampoo for my curly hairs. Rubbing <laughs> cannabis low. Did he hang up? Hot <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Did that come through? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The pause got right. me though. I did. I did. The dramatic artistic pause got me. I didn't expect it. Yeah, dr- dramatic artistic pause with bad internet. It's a bad. In- bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> you 
said in that first line there, you've tried them all. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, when did you get into the meth there? <laughs> Um, you know, you got you try. You know, once you you got to try everything to see what you like. <laughs> yeah. My, no, you know what it was. I was sitting around. I had a couple batteries and some and some uh, and uh, I had just shit lying around the house. I had a bucket and you know <laughs> battery. It's like I went on the internet. Just fucking you know, made was bored. Made it, smoked it, <laughs> sold it. You're just a blew my blew my dick out. <laughs> I guess you're just a modern day Walter White over there. Yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> uh, Wheeler, you're a fucking idiot. WW3 coming out November 30th. You can check it out. Hilariously talented Wheeler Walker. Uh, porn up. I can't wait to see what you do there. I can't wait to see you. Um, your dick. It seems like. Uh, it sounds like I'm gonna see your dick. You ain't gonna see my dick, but you can. You can hope that. You can wish that. And I'm gonna take that quote. I'm going to take that sentence out from this interview and post it online. (laughs) Everybody can follow you at Wheeler Walker Jr. Oh, yeah. And uh, you should. The dude is nonstop, every day, Mm -hmm. all day. Hilarious human. You want to play a little fuck you bitch on the way out here? Sure, sure, sure. That's where I need the capo I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I don't really know what the fuck a capo is. Fuck you, bitch. Oh, it sounds so good. You broke my heart. Look at your friends for tearing us apart. Fuck your dog. I don't know. Hope he never comes home. Fuck <laughs> you, bitch. Hope you'll wind up alone. Well, and a teaser for them to go out and get it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Wheeler Walker Jr. Thank you so much, Wheeler. I appreciate you, man. Hey, man, man you're, you're, the br- you're the best, man. Thanks again. No, you're the best, dude. I can't wait there's, to listen. There's, there's no, better way, there's no way, better way to spend four hours of my afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that entire second half of the interview, you've just been frozen on the TV. <laughs> just been frozen. It's, I haven't even really you, s- seen you. Do you think it worked? Uh, the sound will definitely work. The video didn't. So it was very much a close your eyes and act like I was in the room with you situation. It was good. It was it, All right. I don't need that. Yeah. I mean, you know how good looking I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wheeler. I appreciate you, buddy. You're the best, man. See you later. Keep crushing. One of the best parts about those interviews is you you honestly never know what you're going to get from him. You don't know which tangent he's going to go on. You don't know who, what bridge he's going to decide to burn or who he's going to you know take shots at. That's that's why he's so hilarious. Uh, I love Wheeler Walker Jr. Can't wait for him to come on the pod again. That's the show. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we will do hashtag Endgang, hashtag Endgame. Just uh, let Pat know if you enjoyed the show or not. I mean, you can cut me down. You can tell him it sucked if you want to, but I think we got some good stuff in here. So yeah, hashtag Endgang, hashtag Endgame. Tweet it, Pat. Let him know if you like the show. Uh, I've never been able to do this before, but I will right now. I'm going to hit the music myself. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Watching the sun bake All of those tourists Covered with oil Strumming my six strings 
my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there begin at a bar Wasting away again in Margarita Searching for It's my 